Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max. And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. From WBEZ Chicago, this is Nerdette. I'm Greta Johnson. We did it. We made it to another weekend. Coming up, two of our favorite eaters describe their ideal picnics. Like, you're eating the biggest possible sandwich in the smallest possible bathing suit. But first, two delightful humans are here to help us kick back, relax, and get ready for the weekend. With us, we have Aubrey Gordon. She's the host of the podcast Maintenance Phase. Aubrey, thrilled to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. What a treat. Oh, yay. Treats all around. We also have Bridget Todd. She's the host of There Are No Girls on the Internet. Bridget, welcome back. Oh, I'm so thrilled to be back. Thanks for having me. Yay. Okay, so it is the third week of August. School is starting for a lot of kids. It's beginning to cool down a little bit here in Chicago. There are still lots of signs of summer. I'm hearing cicadas every night. This is maybe an unpopular opinion, but I, having grown up in Alaska, am like extremely ready for summer to be over. Uh, Bridget, when to you is like the official end of summer? I would say it's when you start to see those really over-the-top back-to-school commercials for like Old Navy (laughs) or Gap where like kids are jumping through the air. That's a signal that summer is winding down. Oh, that's a good one. What do you think, Aubrey? Uh, So yes to all of those. I also feel like all of the people that I know who have like school age kids start Mm, to get a kind of 10,000 yard stare. Right. Like that's my like, okay, (laughs) it's time. time. Someone else needs to help me take care of these children. It's time. Absolutely. Uh, And the other is I am also of the unpopular opinion that I'm like, uh, almost as soon as summer starts, I'm pretty ready for it to be over. I am just like a little sweaty lump in Portland, Oregon. I'm not built for this stuff. I'm not built for it. Yeah, I would really love to be able to like walk the dog around the block and not like sweat where my cheeks touch my sunglasses. Yeah, 100%. So as we... Maybe more slowly than some of us may like make our way towards the end of summer. I thought it would be fun to just like actually ignore everything that's going on in the outside world and get some recommendations from you two this week. Um, I think we should start with something to read. Aubrey, what are you into these days? Um, I am actually reading Weightless by Yvette Dion. Oh, cool. Yvette is a fantastic writer. She's the former editor-in-chief of Bitch Magazine. Um, And she has written this incredible memoir about her experiences growing up as a black disabled woman who's also Mm. fat and sort of Mm. is walking through sort of through the lens of her experience uh, through the impacts of anti-blackness and anti-fatness and ableism and all of that sort of stuff in sort of shaping her life experience. And it is absolutely fantastic. Yvette is great. The book is great. I'm really excited about it. So that's my, that's my, that's my hot read at the moment. I'm really into it. So that is Weightless. It's by Yvette Dion and it comes out on December 6th. Uh, Bridget, what about you? What are you reading these days? Ooh, I just finished, and I read it in one sitting. I'm sure a lot of your listeners have probably read it. Um, the memoir of Jeanette McGurdy. I'm glad my mom died. If y'all oh, haven't read it, God, it is that a title. It's a 
gut punch. And the cover, I read it on Kindle, but I've seen the cover. It's like her whole, like happily, gleefully holding what I assume to be an urn of ashes. Ooh. It is a gut punch. It really makes you think about, I don't know, the, the, the aughts and sort of teen youth celebrities and sort of like that very weird time of like, you know, iCarly, like the 2000s era sounds like it was a really wild time for young performers. Mm. And I cannot recommend the book enough. Trigger warning for a lot of the stuff that's in there because it's a, a bit of a tough read. But mm. boy, is it a good one. I will say a good friend of mine just finished that book yesterday and cannot stop talking about how meaningful it was and exactly what you were just saying, Bridget. Like what a total gut punch, but also like what a valuable addition to be able to talk about like, hey, man, sometimes people get you know, experience abuse and they mm. don't come back from it and they don't really want to come back from their anger yeah. about it. You know, like wow. that feels like a really important part of that conversation. Oh my God. I'm so excited. This is my second endorsement for that book. I got to go get that book. A lot of folks on social media were really like, I don't know, snarking about the title, like, oh, that's such a terrible title, like mm. blah, blah, blah. And I think it really shows the need for the conversation about like what it looks like when your caregiver mm. was abusive and like ha having a lot of like righteous anger around that. Yeah, totally. Well, and I think too, just even maybe not as intensely as that, but just like allowing for relationships to be complicated, yeah. you know? Yeah. And allowing for like, Hey man, maybe sometimes you go through a period of not talking and then you come back together or do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like allowing mm -hmm. for a little ebb and flow, allowing your space, yeah. yourself some space to have some anger or frustration or whatever. Oh my God. I'm very excited now to read this book. <laughs> Yay. So the book I've been reading lately, well, I just finished it last week and I, am obsessed with it is a quake amezes you made a fuel fool of death with your beauty has either of you read this one no, no. it's on my list oh oh my god so uh, a quake is really fascinating because they this is their romance novel but they've also written like they write a bunch of different kinds of stuff so i'm fascinated to like go back through and read all their other stuff but this one is like a very exquisitely plotty messy rom-com that also deals really beautifully with grief. Mm. And so there's like a lot of substance to it, but you're also like the whole time you're reading it, you're kind of like, oh my God, I can't believe that just happened, which to me is sort of like the best of both worlds. Highly recommend. Excellent. So Bridget, what are you listening to these days? Ooh, so this is going to be like a podcast or giving you a podcast recommendation, but um, <laughs> I just listened to the This American Life piece about the tragic shooting in Buffalo. And I, I've honestly never heard a podcast quite like this. And I think it's one of those hmm. podcasts that like demonstrates the power of the medium where they have different like black writers and podcasters do a, you know, a, a different episode or a different piece of the episode about each of the victims who lost their lives in that tragic wow. uh, shooting. And so, you know, I think that when we're, when we're talking about victims of crime, we have this way of like, you know, you give the age, you give, you know, a detail about them, you give like, oh, like they were a great mom. Right. But I I've never heard anything that, that delivers such a, a touching portrait of, you know, who these people were and who they were in their community. So I, I definitely think folks should listen to it. I've listened to it a few times now. It, it, it's so moving. That sounds really fascinating. I'll definitely have to check that out. Aubrey, what's what's on your radar? Okay, I'm lightening up from <laughs> from my last one, <laughs> okay, okay. which is okay. Uh, I can't stop listening to Normal Gossip. I don't know if either Ooh, of you listen to Normal Gossip. Yes, fun. Yes. Good recommendation. My God, 
I love it so much. I am all in. So for folks who are unfamiliar with the show, the idea is that they are taking real gossip from real people. They are stripping out any identifying details. And then they are sort of like Mm -hmm. talking through this gossip uh, on the air. And their most recent episode was like totally hilarious to me. They did sort of a bonus episode where they sort of talked about sort of the nature of gossip is that it goes through a big game of telephone, right? Mm -hmm. That it sort of gets passed from one person to the next and the meaning changes over time. And they had essentially been running an experiment all season where they had each guest like hear the story from the last guest, this one specific story, (laughs) and then retell it. And then that recording became the source for the next guest. And they just follow it all the way through the season and see how people embellish and see how the story changes and all that sort of stuff. And it's just a real fun ride. Like the whole show is great. That particular episode was really a fun little uh, flip book of podcasting. <laughs> really enjoyable. Oh my God. Yeah. So much fun. It's so good. So I interpreted listen to as music and this is kind of a huge throwback, but I think everybody should go listen to Radiohead's Kid A. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a great record. Yep. Iconic. It is a masterpiece of an album. And, you know, like, I don't know about y'all, but I don't listen to many. I mean, Renaissance, obviously, but like I don't listen to a lot of like whole albums these days. Mm. You know, it's kind of not how music is really built anymore. So to get to listen, I mean, it's just such an exquisite album. And also this is my excuse to mention how much I loved the season three finale of For All Mankind, which came out last week. Mm. And they their music budget is just like insanely amazing. Like they obviously are like not skimping on getting copyright of amazing songs that take, you know, that came out in each of these different eras. And the last super intense scene ends with everything in its right place from that album. And it's just so perfect and i just want to yell about it as much as i possibly can and this is my podcast so here we are yeah (laughs) there is something about the first five notes of that song everything in its right right place where it's like Uh it's like it just like hits you It's so, like, both comforting and unsettling at the same yes. time. Like, it's yes. the best. It's so good. Well, yes. Oh. Also, this is reminding me. My local karaoke place just added Paranoid Android to their list of possible karaoke songs. And I'm really looking forward to being an absolute mess singing that song at some point in the mid-future. Aubrey, I am thrilled that you are, like, up to date with the song list at your local karaoke place. That's amazing. You gotta have a hobby, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. Okay, so what about something to watch? Aubrey, we'll start with you this time. Um, I have been, so like my work life is, uh, researching a bunch of like real deep, dark, gnarly kind of topics. Mm. Um, so in my recreational media, I've been trying to lighten it up so I don't, you know, (laughs) just get subsumed by darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so (laughs) the thing that I have been all in on lately is, um, the folks from College Humor uh, started a streaming service called Dropout. Oh wow, um, you're going real light. <laughs> I'm going, so, I'm going the light, the most ethereal light. 
Um, and there are a couple of shows on there that I really enjoy. It's sort of an American take on British panel shows, which I love dearly. Mm, that's fine. Um, and they have one show in particular that is a dream and a half um, called Game Changer. Each uh, episode, they have three different comedians competing. They don't tell them what the game is. It's a different game every episode. And the only way you learn how the game works and how to win is by playing it and <laughs> getting points or not getting points. It's... <laughs> super fun it's super light it's super chaotic it's a bunch of competitive people who also don't yeah. take themselves too seriously like Perfect. it's just the right mix of sort of fizzy and exciting and enticing it doesn't require your full deep attention do you know what i mean it's like the yeah. opposite end of the tv spectrum from like the wire you could just be walking through a room and be like huh all right, got it. And just keep moving. And that was a nice moment that you got, right? Um, so I have just been super in on that. The the other show that they have that I've been really enjoying is called Make Some Noise, where they just give comedians prompts to do impressions uh, oh and to make sounds. One of them was like a soccer mom turning into a Voltron, Ooh. right? Like <laughs> Just like super wacky um so that has been my extremely fizzy and light and like deeply enjoyable summer oh my watching god that sounds so lovely what about you bridget <laughs> oh that's gonna be a tough act to follow because i i love the like stuff that you don't have to think too much about you're like yeah. yep got it um I mm -hmm. i've been really loving the um TV or the series adaptation of A League of Their Own with Abby Jacobson oh, yes. from Broad City. Y'all, yes. I, I usually don't love a reboot, so I was kind of skeptical. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, we'll see. You know, A League of Their yeah. Own is a classic, but it is so good and funny. And also, it's so gay. So if you like your mm -hmm. TV shows gay. I've heard it's super queer. It's I love super that. super queer in ways that I love. Um, I actually just found this out from a TikTok that... Penny Marshall, the director of the original League of Their Own, was really not so comfortable with the idea that, like, the film that she was directing would be, would have, like, a gay through line. And that Rosie O'Donnell <laughs> talked about how she played her character as, like, someone who was experiencing what it feels like to feel comfortable with their sexuality and coming out of the closet. But Penny Marshall, while they were on set, was like, no, 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 wow. don't play it too gay, don't play it gay. And so... I'm wow. so happy that the series really, like, explores that angle, like, really leans into it. I love it. That's beautiful. That sounds sort of like a fixing it, you know? Yeah, it's like correcting the record, right? Yes, exactly. If you're making a movie about women's sports in the <laughs> 40s, I believe, like, yeah, yeah, the all idea the that that was gone. not just a commanding majority of queer people is <laughs> really... <laughs> really strains credulity yeah oh my yeah. goodness that's so funny another show that just came out which i haven't watched yet but i'm very excited to make some time for this weekend is the third season of never have i ever on netflix oh. which is just super sweet it's kind of a nice combination of like soapy but wholesome and it's you know like a cute high school sort of rom-com the main character is a delight it's produced by mindy kaling which is you know how most people know it. it's just like it's just a nice, I think, kind of to your point, Aubrey, like, it's just a good, easy binge, you know, yeah, which is totally. just so much fun, especially these days when it's like, 
how can I turn my brain off in the most enjoyable possible way? You yeah, know? man, the world's a hard place to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can exactly. take a break. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so before I let you two go, our next segment is all about the idea of like the slacker picnic, which I'm kind of obsessed with the idea, you know, like I'm sure you've seen the like beautiful Instagram spread, whatever out of a picnic, but this is more like, no, you just put some wine in one of those hydro flasks and it stays cold for a real long time. So it got me wondering, like, do y'all have any, you know, picnic must-haves? What do you think, Bridget? Oh, for me, it's definitely a chilled alcoholic beverage. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you're, like, sitting in the dirt and getting your, the back of your legs eaten by, like, fire ants. If there is a chilled <laughs> alcoholic beverage, I feel like I am in a lap of luxury. Nothing signals, like, I really put some good planning into this picnic outing like a chilled alcoholic beverage. <laughs> <laughs> Just splendor. <laughs> I mean, that's the hard act to follow. Like, who can follow cold booze on a picnic? Nobody. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I feel like, so check to that, absolutely. And also, I am in that interest of sort of a light lift of a picnic, a slacker picnic. Um, I love a cheese plate picnic. You're just Mm. assembling, right? And if you want to go one step of very mild effort further, (laughs) um, (laughs) one of my favorite things lately, I was uh, reminded of this recently. I served it to some friends. It went over like gangbusters. um, uh, Is I will do a wedge of blue cheese and then pour some rosemary honey over the top, which is just you put some rosemary in a saucepan, put some uh, with some honey Heat it up, turn off the heat, let it steep, take out the rosemary, stir in some salt, boom, pour it over some cheese. Delicious. Mine's blown. That's so perfect. good. So good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, yes, okay, so now I feel like we've just planned a picnic and now I would like to have it. Thanks. Yes, yes, <laughs> like, yes. I think that's the next step is the three of us need to meet up and have a picnic and just indulge in all the best possible ways, I think. We all deserve it, you know? We do. Aubrey, Bridget, thank you both so much for coming on the show. This was like actually too much fun. Oh man, thanks for having us. Same, this was amazing. All right, after the break, we are going to hear all about the exquisite idea of the slacker picnic. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Since we have thoroughly established that whether or not I like it, summer is not over, we thought it would be a great time to kick back and chill out and completely ignore what's going on in the outside world and revisit a conversation from last summer about what makes the perfect picnic. Do you really need to turn on the oven to prep for what's also very important lounging and basking time? We asked two food nerds about it. First up is freelance writer and former Bon Appetit staff writer Alex Beggs. Here's our conversation. 
Okay, so picnics. Are you, do you consider yourself to be like a big picnic person? Well, when you asked me about this, I was like, am I going to pretend that I actually cook things to bring to a picnic? Because I'm because I don't. <laughs> um, and yesterday, I'm actually in Traverse City, Michigan right oh, now. Beautiful. We went to the beach yesterday. Oh, so gorgeous. And there's this like Italian market called Fulgarelli's. And to me, the ideal beach picnic is the bit like you're eating the biggest possible sandwich in the smallest possible bathing suit. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, you get like these huge Italian sandwiches at Fulgarelli's, maybe a can of wine or whatever, and a bag of kettle chips. And to me, like, that's the picnic. Um, but then I came prepared with all these Bon Appetit recipes to be like, you can make this ahead and you could do that. But the, the, for me, it's all about like the ginormous sandwich made by someone else's hands. So on the spectrum of like a uh, big sandwich, tiny swimsuit, and then, you know, photo shoot ready spreads for picnics. I feel like I'm like somewhere in the middle there. Like yeah. I haven't bought a picnic basket or melamine plates, but I'm definitely thinking about it. Um, so I want to make some stuff. I just don't want to make a photo shoot out of it. Well, if you did want to make a photo shoot out of it, I... <laughs> Uh, we had a, a recipe this month, um, cheesy tomato hand pies. And basically mm. buy puff, puff pastry and fill it with cheese and cherry tomatoes and bake it up. And they look so it's like a little so pop tart, pizza pop tart. Yes. It's kind of like a, a fancy hot pocket. Yeah. Um, yeah. but they're cute and you know, you do an egg wash on it. So it looks very, you know, professional. And I was like, that would be very cute in a picnic basket lined with gingham fabric and whatnot. <laughs> um, so definitely look, that one's easier than it sounds. I think sometimes anything pie related, people are mm-hmm. like, ah, but you seriously, you buy the puff pastry. I was going to say, You yeah, fill it with some stuff. Crust. Yeah, that sounds pretty easy. Yeah. And, um, and they're good room temperature and it's kind of like somewhere between, yeah, pie and pizza. <laughs> yes. I, I really like that spectrum. Really anything along there, I'm into it. But you know, I but it's now corn season too in the wonderful Midwest. So last week I made, uh, we have a recipe. It's actually from this cool barbecue place in Atlanta, Bees Cracklin, and it's a grilled corn, corn salad uh, with hot honey vinaigrette. Oh, that's which delicious. is again simpler than it sounds. It's literally like sriracha, honey, and vinegar. Um, and you can chop up some avocado to cool down the heat. And that one also just like gets better as it sits. So you can take that in your cute little picnic basket. And I I ate it as salsa. You could eat it as salad. You could mix it in Yum. to other things you're making. Uh, so don't sleep on that recipe. That sounds really good. And then. Um, if you grew up with like very gloopy mayonnaise pasta salad, I think you should keep <laughs> making that. That's never going to go old. Uh, my mother-in-law, every she has like a, you know, mayonnaise, bell pepper, celery. But every year I feel like she's adding something new to it. And this year it was green olives. And we were like, how many Whoa. green olives? How should we chop them? We really talk about this at length. And, and, and that one's still good to me. I feel like next year there's going to be lucky charms in it or sprinkles or something. Like we run out of things to add. <laughs> when you said new stuff, I was thinking like fresh dill or something. Oh, but no, 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 no. Oh. More, more shelf stable things. <laughs> I think it sounds good. Yeah, I'm intrigued. So what about like a drink pairing that you might recommend for any of these? Yesterday at the beach, 
I don't know if this like makes me sound like I have a drinking problem, but I brought a mason jar of Campari and um, and a couple bottles of club soda and pre-cut limes. So that's like as oh, that was my you. prep ahead, uh, and they, and just had Campari and soda. I felt I was like this is the perfect beach drink. We talked to another food nerd who has her priorities straight. She also puts laziness and wine first when it comes to summer picnics. Here is Tejal Rao. She's the California restaurant critic at the New York Times, and she also writes their newsletter called The Veggie. There was a time when I put in a lot of effort and I had this idealized vision of what a picnic should be like. And I would get up early the morning of and I would bake biscuits and fry chicken cutlets and make sandwiches with hot honey and then I would wrap each one individually in parchment paper wow (laughs) but I'm very lazy now (laughs) and while I still want that I want someone else to do it Mm -hmm. so I'll tell you about my my new thing which still involves some effort just not quite that much Mm -hmm. so step one is I open a chilled bottle of wine and I pour it into a clean insulated water bottle. Mm -hmm. That keeps the wine cold. You don't have to worry about where the corkscrew is. I live in Los Angeles and it's very hot. And I'll do this even if I'm just going in the backyard for a couple of hours. Um, Okay. And then a really nice loaf of bread and some butter. Mm -hmm. Um, And I like to take boccarones, which are um, pickled white anchovies, just the fillets, but they're held in a mix of like olive oil and vinegar And whenever I open the container, I make a huge mess. And um, (laughs) you don't want fishy juice on your picnic blanket. You don't, you know, you want to be able to read and nap. And (laughs) so I open the bocarones in advance at home, drain them and like put them into a little deli container so that there won't be a mess. Mm -hmm. And then you just kind of butter the bread, you know, lay the bocarones on there and uh, no fishy juice. Um, Or if you don't like bocarones, Um, I just think fish is like the perfect thing to take, Um, like fancy fish in olive oil, sardines in olive oil, or like the marinated fish in tomato sauce. Um, Mm. Oh, or or Ritz crackers and then a jar Mm -hmm. of smoked oysters and a bottle of hot sauce. That is like the perfect meal. Wow, that sounds delicious. That reminds me, I went to the beach over the weekend and we got like some smoked sable fish. And even just that with crackers was delicious. So good. And it's sort of like you can technically have that for dinner anytime you want, but somehow I don't think of it, right, unless I'm going on a picnic. So your level of effort is essentially like prep some stuff, but like don't actually cook anything, it sounds like that. Pretty much. I mean, I make, so I do like to take fruit chat, but again, I don't know if that counts as cooking. Mm. Um, You know, chat masala is this Indian spice mixture and it brings all the flavor to the fruit. Mm. You can make your own if you mix like chili powder, pepper... Amchur, which is dried green mango, unripe mango. Mm. Um, So it's kind of sweet and sour and salty. But I just buy, um, the brand is called Sean. I just buy it at the grocery store, Sean brand chat masala, which has like cinnamon, dried ginger, cardamom, and you dress cut fruit with it and chill it. And it's like the perfect thing when it's very hot because it's hydrating, sweet and salty. I love it with um, watermelon, but right now it's really good with nectarines and peaches, too. Oh, yes, that sounds great. But yeah, that's still mostly just like then cutting up fruit and adding Definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so is there anything that you would like turn your oven on for? 
Yeah, I would. So I, I've been really into this. Um, so there's this dish called um, pan con tomate, which is a, a Spanish dish where you grate tomatoes directly on bread, mm. on grilled bread, which is delicious. But I do, I grate tomato on a box grater and then I pour it over fried cheese. So I will, <laughs> <laughs> I will turn the stove on to like fry pieces of paneer until they're like a little bit crispy and then pour the tomato mixture on top. And that travels really well. That sounds so good. Okay, so like the box grater tomato thing, that sounds super messy. It's a little messy. But it pairs really well with fish juice, so it's fine. (laughs) It's less messy than fish juice. (laughs) Just set up your grater on a a, like large plate or a bowl and Mm -hmm. um, everything kind of falls in there. Don't do it directly on like a cutting board or something. And like, is there a specific kind of tomato that works better? Because I don't know, like some tomatoes, if they're super ripe, I just picture them sort of like disintegrating them on contact, you know? Yeah, well, that's sort of ideal for this. You <laughs> want the tomato to just kind of completely fall apart. And then mm. um, so like a beefsteak tomato is really nice. Anything like big and ripe. Um, and you, you know, you put your palm flat against the grater. So you get all the meat off the tomato, except for that like thin skin. Oh, so it's salt, pepper, olive oil, and then like goopy tomato globs on fried cheese with bread. You can have it with bread or without bread, um, with cheese or without cheese. Mm. If the tomato's good, it's so good. You could just drink it, you know? Oh, that sounds really delicious. That kind of reminds me of a recipe that my mom told me about that originally I was sort of like, I don't know if that would be good, but of course it's delicious. And it's, I think it's America's test kitchen. It involves, um, it's like a tomato gratin, 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 where you like, <laughs> you know, chop up bread chunks and then saute some tomato with a bunch of garlic and olive oil and salt and pepper, and then throw some cheese on there and do some fresh basil once it's out of the oven. And it's oh, just God. like, it's sort of like a virtuous pizza. It's amazing. It's just like, and you know, you do need to use the oven for it, which is kind of a bummer these days, but it's such a great way to use, you know, tomatoes at the height of their glory, I think, which is such a great thing to do this time of year, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That sounds delicious. Yeah. So you mentioned peaches and nectarines. You mentioned tomatoes. What do you think otherwise are sort of like the stars of the season that are worth just sort of like going to the store and getting and then orienting the rest of your meal around? Oh, gosh, I feel like eggplant, Mm. corn, um, definitely stone fruit where I am right now. Mm -hmm. And melons like cantaloupes, figs. It's so lazy, but you can if you get really nice fruit like like cantaloupes or figs or, you know, you just just cut them up and then make a plate with like really nice um, ham and some cheese mm-hmm. and some bread. Like you really don't have to turn the oven on unless you really want to. Oh, that sounds so glorious. That was Tejal Rao and Alex Beggs. To find links to some of the delicious recipes that they mentioned, you can head to our website, wbez.org slash that's it for this week thank you as always for listening we have a newsletter you have probably heard me talk about it you should probably sign up for it if you haven't already it's super fun it comes out every friday at 10 30 you'll get an update on that day's episode you will hear about other stuff going on in nerdette land you will hear about books that i'm enjoying you will hear some weird wildlife news from anna it's all sorts of great links and you can get it if you go to wbez.org slash nerdetteaf. That newsletter is built by Maggie Civet. The show is produced by me and Anna. 
And our executive producer is Brendan Banazak. We will see you next week. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.